It's the second cup of Joe and John with Joe Elvis and John Dwyer. Greetings, John. Greetings. How you doing, dude? I'm on like my ninth cup of your your ninth cup cup of Joe. Uh, And John. Mm. So have you ever had a, or did you go through, we're both the same age, almost, we're going to be 60, 120 years combined this summer. Did you ever go through a midlife crisis or or do something like, boy, that was stupid. Now, I, I could ask your wife, Kim, and, you know, that'd be the show, but... Have you ever done anything like 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 when I was twenty six, I got my ear pierced. Oh, for and no. it lasted, you know, for like a cup of coffee. Sure, it's it stupid. <laughs> but I go, no, there's, I need to do this. Sure, no, I have no piercings, no tattoos. Um, I, you know, I, I guess I didn't. I was too uh, impatient or too busy. Um, I guess I've been lucky. I had a friend who had three kids, and he found out he was having a fourth, and he wandered out. And never came back? Wandered away <laughs> from a parking lot, and they didn't find him for like a day. All right, so, so there's a moment. Weird. Okay. But, you but have two... I've never had anything like that happen. Um, you know, bad decisions of one too many drinks or... <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Ridiculous, ridiculousness. When, when I uh, when I got divorced, I uh, I thought oh, no. I thought I thought this is a good idea. I actually was thinking about this picture. Uh, went on this vacation, and I was wearing a what? <laughs> I was wearing a I, for, I don't know what you call it a puka necklace. You know, like the ones mm-hmm. like the uh, uh, Kenny like Chesney would beads. wear. Yeah, the puka. Yeah, beads. I thought I nailed it. Yeah. I, I, I of course no, never wore it on that Nashville, was big in that era. I thought that was it was like uh, oh two oh three something like that. And you like to tan. You're a tan guy. I, I'm, you get I'm, by your pool all the got time. Got about eight layers. So you get your tan and your puka beads on. Yeah. Can you? Yeah. All right. So I'm looking at you now with your. Do you have a? Do you have a? Do you have? A, do you have elbow command problems? What do you mean by that? So, you know, you're flying on a plane. Maybe you're sitting in a movie theater uh, somewhere. But let's use the plane example. And so the armrests are there. I like to use them. But so do you spread out right away, taking claim to the armrest? So the per, let's say Southwest, you have three seats. Yeah. So, you know, uh, you, I, I flew with a guy who just sprawled out like a picnic lunch. Like, dude, you know, I, I'm not going to put up with that crap. So we had a little elbow Elbow, elbow, uh, like and like thumb wrestling. I was ready to turn it into a hockey fight there at thirty seven thousand feet, and just like who has the balls to sit there and go, I'm going to take over on the elbow room. Yeah, I did have a flight to uh, across the pond where the guy actually had the nad, the the the, the, the gall <laughs> <laughs> to 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 actually put his foot on like my side. That's what I'm and saying. And I went, what who are does you, that? dude? There's an imaginary line. There is imaginary line. So on the armrest thing, you got one person can go in the front and another person can go in the back. Yeah, it's my wife do that. She gets the aisle seat, and I get, I have the uh, I have the aisle seat, and then she sits center. So that when she has to go to the restroom, you know, eight times on a one-hour flight, <clears throat> I can, you know, she's climbing over me, which is not bad. So, but would you sit in the center and let her uh, drive the aisle? Let's I just, just don't think you'll sit in the keep, center. Let's just you keep, will keep not things sit the way the center. they are. <laughs> hey, we know people. Let's take a spin through Joe and John's Rolodex. And Joe, it starts uh, stops on the letter. W or or B, Fox Sports. Sarah Walsh is joining us, and she does a lot of traveling. Good morning, Sarah. Where are you where are you calling in from? Um, I'm calling in from New York City, where I am hosting Good Morning Football all week long. And the first week of NFL free agency just opened up, so it's a busy week in the NFL. I work for NFL Network actually, in Turner. Um, I don't know if that matters. Uh, how do you work, how do you make work that out? Now you're doing the soccer thing, which is very cool on Fox Sports. How, in the old days, no, I could, don't work for Fox Sports anymore. I don't work for Fox Sports oh, at all. Sugar, Sarah works for the NFL. Network. I had one job. She does NFL now, NFL Total Access, NFL Game Day, the morning show. You know nothing, and you worked with Sarah for years. <laughs> But thanks for so closely following my career. I appreciate yes. that support. Way to go, John. <laughs> Are you on social media, by the way? 
Oh my goodness, that's uh, that's true. But the soccer, they, how can you work for? Well, all right, so for NFL Network and, and Fox, do they? In old days, you couldn't do that. Uh, well, it just it, no. I did work for NFL Network and Fox when I when I first started. Uh, I mean, like it also all depends on your employer and how cool they are. I think we found like I, I feel like in this day and age, like yes, I think years ago that everybody was very much like in a box, and this is what you did, and this is who you work for. I feel like nowadays, like the lines are so blurred uh, in terms of like different roles and different networks. And I think people are a lot more understanding and there's different like platforms, right? Because when I say I work for Turner, uh, Turner, it's really considered Warner Brothers, which people don't realize when you say Warner Brothers Discovery, that's technically what it is, but it goes under, that's what TNT, like the NBA on TNT is on. So it's like TNT, Turner, HBO, sometimes I'm on HBO Max. That's all the like soccer deal. And then NFL Network is obviously all the NFL stuff. Okay, thanks for going another weeds, like weeds to, on that. I appreciate. I like that. to uh, check off all the boxes for all the networks. Yeah, apparently, thirty-one flavors. Very well played, Sarah. So Sarah uh, was Sarah served time here with John. Served time with John. <laughs> yeah, that's the like right way sentence. to say it. Yeah. Yes, at uh, WKRN local in Nashville News Two, and um, Sarah, tell tell the story of. Uh, coming to Nashville and just your interview process and you were a person who did a live shot a live remote where you're on location and you know John's in the studio because he never left the studio um, so t t talk talk about this is a great story a woman with no experience gets a great job here in Nashville uh, and that first time I could say so many yeah. things go ahead sir so John's not going to leave the studio because he doesn't want to mess up his hair or his um, very fancy back rack suit uh, that he would get from the Green Hills Mall. But so, You're better than um, that. You, yeah. you got better. That's so trite. The the, uh, the interview process, and clearly, uh, I you know I think like, oh, I got to nail this interview. Um, this is a really great job for me. It's a uh, you know an NFL market. It's a city I want to live in. I at the time didn't have a job because my station had shut down. I'd only had one TV job. It was a little tiny market, Macon, Georgia. And so I'm thinking, like, I have to nail this interview. Um, it turns out what I didn't know is, I, I don't know, I just literally had to show up at some point, and I was apparently getting the job because, I say that because I, I missed my plane to the interview, which is very professional right out of the gate. It was somewhat not my fault. I left on time, but there was, like, this roadblockage thing. And anyway, I, I missed my flight. And so I was, like, distraught at the airport. I'm like, I didn't get this job. I just missed the flight. Uh, I finally get on a later flight. I get up there. I interview nowhere in the interview process. I remember this. This is weird. Like what you remember in life. Cause I can't remember like what I did yesterday. I remember we had uh, lunch interview lunch at the Palm in downtown and John ordered a large for his lunch. He ordered a large plate of broccoli, which is very bizarre. Do you remember <laughs> I was that? in Doesn't training right? back then, Joe. I was you know, <laughs> yeah, you, plotting through marathons. You might've been in marathon training, but again, how weird is it? Like I'm the girl, like I'm not ordering a steak. Now the boss is ordering a <laughs> plate of broccoli. So he orders a, he orders a plate of broccoli nowhere over broccoli. Does does he or anyone ever ask me if I have any live shot experience? And, and the reason that's important is because I didn't have any live shot experience because the station that I was coming from didn't have a live truck in very small stations. Like they don't have the ability, you know, our shows were live, but they didn't have a live truck. You could go out in the field and do like a live hit. So a flash forward to me getting a job I didn't deserve and I get this job and I go to do my first live shot because they are signing like, Hey, we're going to have you go live at the Preds tomorrow. And I go, okay, no problem. And by the way, I didn't panic about it, but I would go, no problem. How does the live shot work? And they're like, what do you mean? How does it work? I go, well, like, how does it work? Like I'll put something in my ear. Do you tell me to go? Like, how does that work? And the producer's like, you don't, have you not done a live shot before? And I'm like, no, I've never done a live shot before. And this turns into, you would have thought that like I set the station on fire they are freaked out. Dwyer pulls me into like this conference room and he's like, you know, Hey, look, we didn't, we didn't know you didn't have live shot experience. And basically kind of tells me like they wouldn't have hired me had they known. And no, we, I'm no, we wouldn't like, have. We wouldn't have. Yeah. Um, which by Field the way, breaker. like think about, wait, but think about that. Like just because you don't have experience. I mean, you could have hired people that have experience that like aren't as good at it. It's not my fault. My station couldn't fork over the cash for a live truck. So uh, anyway, he's freaked out, which, by the way, is not setting me up for success because he's like, oh, we wouldn't have hired you. And I'm like, cool. So now I'm the bad guy. 
and and it's also like how am I the bad guy you didn't ask me all you had to do is ask me if I've done it I wasn't gonna lie and it was nowhere on my resume tape so did you even look at my resume tape like I couldn't have manufactured a fake live shot it's not on the resume tape but never are they thinking like hey this girl is really good live I don't even know what they're thinking so um so Dwyer then like basically holds my hand he's like here's what we're gonna do because I think he's freaked out that his bosses are gonna find out they have a reporter that doesn't know how to go live. And so um, they end up having me do a live shot with John um, because they think I can't handle it down at what was then the gap because they were hosting the NHL draft and where we both basically talked. They threw to us and Dwyer's like, here's what I think, Sarah, what about you? And then I'm like, oh, okay, here's what I think. And, and it was fine. The live shot couldn't have been smoother. It was no problem. Uh, Dwyer knows that uh, live shots, I, I can crush them which is why sometimes you got to give people a chance and I would not have been given that chance. But years later down the road, I got to ESPN and I had uh, that, you know, they give you the headshots that you sign for people. And so the headshot I signed for Dwyer and since WKRN, I said, look where life can take you with no live shot experience. And it was my ESPN. <laughs> yeah, she fell so up. that was like, yep. you, you fell uh, up. Good. I felt really good about what I wrote on that headshot. Like I, I was like, Ooh, I, got, I don't even have to think about what I'm putting on this one. And then the other caveat to it is, is then the first time they sent me out alone after they realized I could handle it, they sent me to the, um, I would say the old super speedway. It's the new super speedway that now doesn't exist. Super speedway for um, one of the NASCAR races. And my IFB when I, I had no IFB and I had like race cars behind me that are, if you've ever been to any kind of professional race, it's so loud. You can't hear a thing. And I like crushed it. So it's kind of like my way to like throw it back at those guys. Like, yeah, I told you this isn't a big deal. Uh, but yes, that was my, that was my uh, live shot, zero experience. Like kids, you too can get a job you're not qualified for. Uh, all right. So one, I'm a bad boss. Yes, you okay? are. Terrible. And, and, and two, um, she is, and still has been in my 29 years, she is the best reporter or anchor live I've ever known, let alone worked with and had the pleasure of. So, <clears throat> so I'll take that credit. So you were going to hire, you would have, you would have kicked me to the curb to hire uh, somebody from Paducah, Kentucky that had live shot experience. Cause they had a TV truck that maybe like stumbled through their shots, but it was like on there. So you felt good about it. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you got to give people a, a shot. Common sense would tell you not to look to Joe and John for this, but time for life lessons from Joe and John. I, I, I love, Sarah, how you signed that picture to John. Dear small town boy, see, <laughs> see where you can go with no live experience. Pretty boy, yeah. Pretty boy, nice hair. I love that he story, does have Sarah. Good hair. I do. I, it's just so good. Uh, I, oh, I got more questions later. <laughs> Well, I, I will say in your yearbook, uh, you you grew up in Tampa. Uh, it's where you reside now. One of your where you have a home there. You have a home in Nashville uh, with with husband Matt and uh, your two lovely kids, Hutton and Breeze. Uh, but you, you went to Jacksonville, uh, North Florida, right, and played soccer yeah. there all four years. Blew out a couple knees. Uh, but in your high school yearbook, what did you put? Like, what were you? What were you? What was your aspiration? Uh, I don't think we did that in our high school yearbook, but, um, I thought I it said we, you wanted to be on sports center. Yeah. So, so it wasn't a high school yearbook, but you do have a good memory. That was in a, it was in a high school. Somebody did an article on me cause I was a soccer player. And so it was an article that was done on me in the local newspaper. And they said like, what are you going to be? And I said, one day I'm going to be on sports center. And so that was like, that was cool. And when I actually got the call from them, I was home visiting my parents and I was never home at that point in my life. I was never back in that Tampa Bay area. And I was literally standing in my childhood bedroom when they called and the phone rings and it's 860, which is a Bristol, Connecticut number. So I knew it was them and I knew it was the news of either like yay or nay or getting that job. And I went upstairs to my childhood bedroom and I was standing in that bedroom when they gave me the news and I like pulled out that I had it somewhere in some like scrapbook and I pulled out that album and it set it in there. And so that was really cool. Um, it was one of those full circle moments where you're like, oh, I actually end up doing what I said I was going to do. And I think most people, I mean, in life, most people at 17, uh, you know, like you change careers, you change directions. Like it doesn't happen so often that you're 17, you say you're going to do this. And then, you know, years down the road, you can do that. And, and I will say that it's, I've kind of sort of had that same full circle feeling 
doing soccer now covering the national team because this was like Julie Foudy was like one of the posters I had up and now Julie's my colleague. And um, so for example, I would have, you know, given anything to be with like that group of people. So Julie and I were on the road recently uh, doing a game and she's like, Hey, do you want to go out to dinner tonight? My friend Brandy's coming. And she's like, you know, Brandy, Brandy Chastain, you guys know who Brandy Chastain is, right? Yeah, she, like, she's took, the one who lost her, her top. Yeah. She won the World Cup. Yeah, yeah. 99. And, um, and so just like that moment of she's like, you want to go out with me and my friend Brandy? And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, I'm totally in with the cool kids. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, it's almost like I was on the team and I, obviously I was not talented enough to do that, but it's, it was like, it, it gives you that sense of all these like practices that my parents drove me around to when I was a kid and all these tournaments and weekends and things they gave up for me. It like turned into a career, you know, in one, in one aspect of my career. And so that's just been kind of a really cool moment of getting to do soccer for me. Um, is it that it kind of takes me back to, you know, being a kid and where is this going to take me? And it's taken me a lot of places. You, uh, Sarah, you, for the university of North Florida, as John said, uh, I believe you still hold school records for goals and points in, in a game. You were a four year starter out of all your, you know, you've had covered sports that you didn't play. I mean, you didn't play football and all this yeah. other stuff. Is this probably your most fun gig to actually talk about something that you literally know because you played for years and then you're getting to hang out with some of your mentors as well? Yeah, it doesn't hurt talking about what you know because I talk about a lot of things I have no clue about um, and I feel like I've gotten really good at talking about things that I have no idea. Uh, fantasy, but, uh, football, you know, fantasy football no, show? No, I would say – no, I would say um, football, like NFL football is probably like, is, you know, my first and foremost, like that's what I've done the most and the longest in terms of talking about it professionally. And now I'm finally getting to do soccer. So again, I, I feel like I sort of backed into that one. But yes, it is. It is fun because I, I can see things more from an analyst perspective, just because I, I know what they're doing, what's going on, that kind of stuff. Um, and so that's been really cool. And it's sort of I'm a little bit like in a dream scenario for me because I love the NFL. And then I feel like I have this like dream gig on top of it. And the fact that both of them allow me to do both in the way in which I'm doing. And then plus soccer, like, you know, we get to go around the country. And um, when, I'm a, when I'm at those games, it's like the USA playing. So it's not like a particular team. It's our country. And that's definitely like a different vibe um, because you're it's like a team that's representing like America. So every time you go somewhere, it's like USA. It's just cool. It's really cool. And different. And so I'm glad and fortunate that I get to blend the two and have the best of both worlds for me right now. How, what'd you think of Geodis Park, our, our brand new soccer stadium? Oh, it was awesome. It Wasn't was it? so great. Yeah. And, um, and, and I'd only heard amazing things. And, uh, uh, the coach, the, the women's national team coach, cause we were there for that game recently, Black Kwandanowski, he's like, this is one of the best stadiums I've ever been in. And I have to think that this guy has been in a million more soccer specific stadiums than I've been in. And you walk out on the field and, uh, it was so cool. It was really awesome. And I'm hoping that the men's team gets a game there sooner than later, which I think they, it seems like they should. And so that was very cool. I'm so happy I got to go back and see it, but it's beautiful. Uh, Nashville, Nashville has it going on in that department there. I love it. Sarah, you, uh, you went, once you were in, uh, what, three years you worked with, with us? Through, uh, like, oh, yeah, two, doesn't oh, it five? seem like a lot longer? <laughs> <laughs> once again, another compliment that, for the boss. Yeah. And then no, you, you went yeah. to uh, D.C. And then yep. uh, from uh, 2010 to 17 to ESPN. Uh, for yep. seven years there. Uh, but when you were in Nashville, you did uh, clearly, well, your resume says you co-hosted the uh, Monday Night Live with Jeff Fisher. I, di I didn't know that, <clears throat> that you co-hosted yeah, it. that's not true. And, uh, Who, but you, what, where are you getting my resume? You also, I, it, you, you know you're what? not even up to date. Your Wikipedia page Wikipedia? Is, is worthless. It just, it is so outdated. Do you, I, do you know what Wikipedia is? Like anyone can go on there and write anything. Like I didn't, I've never been on my Wikipedia page. Yeah. What else is on that thing? Uh, it does say that you hosted a radio show, Joe. Do you, you may not know this. When she was in Nashville, she hosted the Albert Hainsworth radio show. That is accurate. And, that that and, part of the Wikipedia page is a hundred percent accurate. Do you have a good Albert story? Uh, you do, but is there one you can tell? I got a couple I got a couple great Albert stories um no yeah I don't want to tell any of my best <laughs> I honest uh you know what's very cool is um you know what's so funny about that is I was sent to Titans training camp early on last year 
um, and out of nowhere. So I walked into the Titans facility last training camp, and it's the first time I've been at their facility since, I guess, WKRN. So, I mean, I'm talking like for me, I feel like I've lived like three lives since then. And I, you know, didn't expect to see people I knew. And I just, the Titans for me were a certain era. It was Steve McNair and Frank Wychuk and Eddie George and Albert Hainsworth and Keith Bullock. And um, like I said, and I, I actually did mean it complimentary. I was only there in Nashville for three years, but it, it seemed like it was like such a big part of my life. It seemed like I was there for much longer. And it just seemed like I was with that team for much longer than I clearly was. So anyway, I'm at training camp practice and out of the blue, I'm just standing there and I'm and I hear, Hey, night owl show. And I'm like, what? Like who in the heck would know that? That, I mean, I don't even think that mall, we did it at the mall, the Bellevue mall. Does that even exist anymore? <laughs> I don't think it was like so. Albert, it was me, Albert and four people shopping in the mall at the time, uh-huh. uh, which is probably why it doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. And uh, I turned around and Albert randomly was at practice. And so he was the one that was like shouting it out. And I was so happy to see him. He looks great. He's obviously been through um, a tremendous amount with his health and that's been very well documented and he's lost a ton of weight and um, he's doing really good. And it makes me so happy to see him doing well and be happy. And, um, you know, he's a, he's a Nashville guy, no matter where else he went. Cause Albert and I crossed paths again in Washington when he left the Titans to go to Washington. So we crossed paths there for a while. And in fact, I landed my, I had been at ESPN like a month and landed an exclusive interview with Albert Hainsworth because of my night owl show connection. And that's when he was signed that massive, massive deal. And then was like holding out at training camp and, um, and some, one of the ESPN big bosses that never spoke to me. I mean, I was just, I was brand new. I didn't speak to anybody. I just put my head down. He's like, do you think you can get Albert to sit down with you? And I'm like, I don't know. Like maybe. And I like texted him. He's like, yeah, no problem. And so, like, it all comes back to the night owl. And, um, but, yeah, I'm happy that he seems to be doing so well because I just feel like he's, like, one of my people from back in the day. Sarah, from from that era of, um, you know, the early 2000s, um, it is 2000-plus, but, you, you know, you're really still one of the trailblazers uh, from the female side working her way into, uh, like, ESPN, the Linda Cones of the world, uh, we're on the network then, and uh, yeah. I, I watch Channel Two now, and there's young Sarah Walsh's on it. The girls are all twenty, you know, twenty one or twenty two. They're just out of college. For Nashville, you used to have to work at two or three other markets, and then come here. But now it's it's almost an entry level uh, job. Sports is so different. Uh, there's so little it's time. Totally different. It's so yeah. little time. So, you you bumped up in an era where, uh, you know, you 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 tra- trailblazed a bit of getting yourself into the mother load of ESPN. But that has to be fun because local sports coverage is practically nil now. Uh, but yet yours is a 24 hour, uh, you know, a day job. Yeah, I feel like, again, I feel like I was really fortunate. I remember when I came to Nashville, they did an article. It was in the Tennessean. Um, the last time that they had had a female in the market in Nashville was Robin Roberts. And so I'm like, oh, well, that's a great comparison. Like, good for me. <laughs> like, I'll take that. And But it was it's so weird because, again, this is then the part that makes me feel really old. It was sort of like, I mean, the fact that there was an article done on the fact that there was a female working in sports kind of tells you, like, they were behind the times a little bit or hadn't caught up. And and then it was funny because after um, the trailblazer that John is um, for hiring me, then every station in this market went and got a female like immediately. And it's so weird because the fact that there was an article about like, it's so crazy that channel two went out and got a female and then the Fox got a female. And I mean, everyone went and got a female after that. Um, and now it's so common, but it just, to me, it seems like that should have been 50 years ago that it was, crazy that they had a female working there and it really wasn't I mean wasn't that long ago and like you said every time I'm down there visiting all the stations have you know females doing sports which isn't it really isn't a big deal or an anomaly in any way well I will say this that when we were looking to to fill that position you know we got literally hundreds of dozens hundreds of tapes um, and we pulled the three that we thought were arable and Sarah's and it didn't (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> seriously and and yours was one of them without the live shots um but it, we did not go intently to find a woman we wanted to find the best person i know that it sounds like oh, that's such a you know a loda it's really not sarah you were we we thought well if she's willing to and willing to carry a camera 
which you had to, you know, have to shoot high school. I high, actually did. No, you did. You got out of it all <laughs> the time. You actually did. Can I, Timmy actually, go I with don't me remember now? that. I don't remember you asking me to carry a camera. I, but I will say this is that the more you, I think you were uncomfortable with me carrying a camera because I don't think I ever picked up a camera when I was in Nashville. And I don't say that as I was too good for it, but if I had to go to like Preds practice in the morning, Dwyer, whose job it was not to be it, like, you didn't have to be in until the afternoon because you were anchoring. You'd be like, oh, I'll just, I'll just go with you and shoot it. Like, I think you, I think this like chivalrous side of you felt uncomfortable having me out there carrying a camera. And so I'm like, all right, if you want to do it, go ahead. And he was like, I don't think there's a lot of sports directors out there who who shouldn't and didn't have to touch a camera. You would pick up a camera. You weren't going to edit anything because that's not that's not your field. We know that. But but you would shoot for me. So I never really did pick up a camera. Rapid, 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 rapid fire, fire, rapid fire, rapid, rapid fire, rapid fire. Sarah, uh, I know you just commented you're here for uh, the soccer. Uh, you're in and out of Nashville. I think you guys still have a house here, maybe. Um, yeah. What's uh? Oh, they have a house. Oh yeah. Oh. Um, what's uh? When you when you're in town, where what's a good place? Quick Nashville type questions. What's what's one of your go to restaurants? Uh, my favorite restaurant by a landslide is Roth and Daughters. I can't ever get in there. Um, so I've done, the new thing is, is this rapid fire? Am I not supposed to expand can, on this? No, you go on, you, you label them all. Um, this is how old I am. I will go, because you cannot get a reservation at Rolf and Daughters. Rolf and Daughters will open at 5 o'clock in the afternoon. I will go at 4.55, and I will stand at the door, and I will go straight to the bar when they open. Because if you don't even do that, you can't, the bar gets taken in two seconds because it's a small restaurant. But that is how strongly I feel about Rolfe and Daughters. Like I am willing to eat dinner at five o'clock to eat at Rolfe and Daughters. I've never eaten there. What's it? What? Where is it? Uh, Germantown. Dwyer, have you eaten there? I just, I, matter of fact, I had not been there for four or five years, and I ate there two weeks ago. And I thought, what's the hubbub? And it was phenomenal. Yeah, it's. I told you. Just yeah. off Eighth Avenue in the. Um, uh, it's on Taylor Street. Yeah, I mean it's 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 near some warehouses that got converted to condos and all that. There's really not much else around there other than Rolf, Rolf, and daughters. Rolf. Yeah. Where else do you like to go, Sarah? It, uh, I went to one of my old haunts recently when I was in town for the soccer game. I went to Virago, which is an oldie but a goodie, although not in the same Virago building that Virago used to be in. I'll go fire crunch rolls there. Fire crunch rolls are still the best by far of any sushi roll on the planet. I don't, I like the old Rolf and or not, I like the old Virago building better. So I go to Virago, uh, Rolf and daughters. And then, um, and then like totally, totally casual. I don't do the Hattie B's. I do the McDougal's chicken place. I'm into McDougal's. Um, so I just, I feel like I gave you high, medium, like low in terms of like casualness. Tell us the abridged, uh, not unabridged, but abridged story of, of uh, how you met your husband. Um, the, the, the quickest version is uh, I was working for Dwyer, WKRN, um, as a very professional reporter. And Matt was playing baseball at Vanderbilt University. And so he was sort of the guy that they would trot out to speak to the media because he was good at talking. And so I had to sit down with him at one point because we were doing a feature on David Price, who was his college roommate. So uh, Matt was the like friend soundbite in the piece. And, um, and that's how I met him. And then because I'm professional, uh, nothing would have ever happened there. And years down the road, like years down the road, um, David Price joined me on sports center. Again, one of these like cool full circle moments. And it was the year he was going to win the Cy Young award. And, he had been last time I talked to him, a kid playing at Vanderbilt and um, potentially getting drafted. And now I'm now I'm on Sports Center. I'm interviewing him because he might be the Cy Young winner, which he was. And uh, off camera, or like in the commercial break, I made a comment to him. I said, you know, I don't know if you remember me, but I used to work in Nashville and I sat down with your parents back in the day and we did this feature on you. And he was like, oh, of course I remember you. Um, he's like, I was just talking to Matt Bushman in the commercial break. Um, or, or before he came on with us, he goes, I was just talking to Matt Bushman, who was one of my teammates. And I said, 
oh, I love Matt Bushman. Like, mm. and I said, I said it like that, not like, you know, I was like, oh, I love Matt Bushman. He was great. And he was like, no, Matt Bushman loves you. And then he basically was like, no, I really think you should talk to him. And so like a decade later, almost, we were sort of set up and connected. And, um, and that's the, the quick version of um, it was meant to be from a decade earlier, but Matt was too chicken to say anything to me. Because you were professional. I was professional. I would not have gone out with a college kid, obviously. Uh, however, um, however, whenever she went to cover a Vanderbilt baseball game, how'd it go? Good. I got some Matt Bushman highlights. I said, he didn't even pitch today. She goes, I know. Had, had video yeah. of him. I like her. I like your um, line. I didn't even go out with a college kid. Yeah. Like, I'm not going out with a college kid. Like, he was not, even in college, like, he was not ugly to look at. It's just like, it's just facts. It's just facts. Um, hot Matt. And, like, he was, he's hot Matt. Actually, we have a friend that calls him uh, Ugly Matt. Like, just because, and so anytime he would, like, write about him on his Instagram, he's like, I went out with Ugly Matt last night. Um, yeah. He's not, a, he's not a bad looking guy. Like, it's, it's, it's facts. And you have twins. How do you uh, how do you all manage that? Matt uh, Matt fast forward uh, played for the Arizona Diamondbacks, and he's been a coach at Toronto. You're traveling with your job. You have twins. How are you all making this work? Um, my mother is how we make anything in life work. Actually, um, we don't. Everyone, will, especially like during football season, and there was there's always the last couple of years. There's been this overlap of baseball season doesn't end until you know, October 1st-ish, if you're not in the playoffs and I'm in the middle of football season starting as early as September 1st. And um, and people are like, God, oh, do you balance it all? I'm like, no, we don't. I don't think anybody balances it all. People get glimpses of like, it looks like your life is together and nobody's life is together. And, um, and we just, I feel like I piecemeal life together on the daily basis of like, hey, what, what are we doing tomorrow? And we have we don't have any, we've never like hired any help, but like we have my mother in Florida which when we were living in Nashville, we didn't have, but she's like a massive help to us and bails us out. And, and is the reason why when NFL network calls and says, can you go up to New York city for the week um, and host this show for the week? She's literally the only reason I can do anything in life. So that's, that's how we manage. And even, even given that, I think we're like any other parents where you're just trying to uh, survive. Like we're literally like trying to survive every day. A shout out to Wendy and Island Johnny. Island, yeah. you think I'm tan? You think you think I like getting a good tan? Her dad, yeah. her There's dad's a, a great runner my dad too. Is called Island Johnny. Island yeah. Johnny. Island Johnny. Yeah. Did he have puka beads like John had probably when he was younger? No, God. There's not a lot of times I'm like, my dad's way cooler than that. Like the fact that wire, you're wearing a puka. It doesn't even surprise me given your penchant for wearing white jeans. But a puka shell necklace, it's not acceptable. It wasn't acceptable even like in spring break '85. And I heard you also talking to Joe about the fact that you got an earring to rebel. And did I hear correctly? You did this at 26. Next question. Yeah. Uh, He's hanging. Yeah, that's not rebelling. That's like rebelling. If if you said you did that at 15, rebelling from who? Your mom and dad is a 26 year old man. Like, what are you talking about? And an an earring. Ooh, like not a cat. Like like a 13 year old girl goes and gets an ear. My six year old daughter got her ears pierced in Toronto last year. Oh, don't stop. This is great. John's got on his members only jacket right now, so he's still rebelling. Oh. I'll tell you I'll tell you how he rebels when he went through his midlife crisis. He bought he had like a different car every week that he would drive to work. And we're like, "What do what are we doing here? What are we doing?" <laughs> we we did we did hide three parking spaces downtown, which of course would cost a quarter of a million dollars right, right now. now. But, yeah. but, can you imagine if no, you kept I those parking spaces? <laughs> oh. Sarah, the question we ask everyone is, uh, what advice would you give your 18-year-old self now? Uh, to have more fun, easily. Uh, and I think Dwyer says this. I feel like um, if you go to college, like everyone has their most fun in college. I think I was like way too serious. I was playing. I was, um, I don't know if uptight's the right word, or just maybe like so focused. Like I don't think I took a lot or enough time to like kind of just step back and enjoy myself. And I think, it didn't really even happen for me until I went to Nashville and I was just surrounded by so many people that were sort of in the same stage at life. We were all working these weird media hours. So none of us were getting up in the morning. Um, and this was like Nashville before Nashville got really crazy. And it felt like to me, like I sort of lived my college life in Nashville, which was even better in some ways because I was 
a little bit older and wiser and I had a job. I didn't have, a, I didn't make a ton of money, but I had a job in college. You have no money. Um, and so I just think I, I didn't take time to like enjoy a lot of things along the way. Cause I was so in a hurry to get where I was going um, career wise, professionally and all that stuff. And so like nothing is as serious as you think it is, right? Like all the things that we make out to be the biggest deal um, on a daily basis, like nothing is that serious. And um, I remember getting advice from a guy by the name of Mike Hill, who John knows very well, um, because he's also a WCARN alumni. And when I got to Sports Center, I was so afraid of like ever making a mistake that I just think I wasn't like relaxed in certain ways. And I remember Mike and I did a show together and then we sat in my car in the parking lot afterwards because you would drive from like one parking lot to another one to get to studios because it's this huge campus. And I remember Mike sitting in the car with me and he's like, Hey, just so you know, like we're not doing brain surgery out there. Like we're not operating on anyone. Like this is not life or death. Like in some ways you kind of have to just be like, yeah, hey, we're talking about scores. We're talking about sports. And for some reason, like that conversation always stuck with me. And I always credit my kill with that. And so I just think if I could go back and sort of enjoy some things and, and not take it so serious, um, I should have done that, you know, we should have, uh, but you did enjoy, we did enjoy tennis matches. Uh, when I was dating Lindley, uh, uh she had a good oh, friend yeah, that lived got, across the street. The, yeah. And, and Lindley, they thought my, I was John's mistress. Yeah. My wife is like, what'd you do today? I go, I played, I played tennis with Sarah. Oh, really? You, yeah. You, you guys played tennis. I go, yeah, we played like two and a half hours. It was like the death matches. Remember you and I, you done? No, I'm not done. Are you done? No, I'm not done. You and I would go, you until, go another round. We'd go for hours. Yeah, yeah, we'll 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 throw it together the six o'clock. We can stay out here. No, it, it was, uh, but yeah, my wife thought that that uh, you know she goes, oh, what are you doing? So it was, yeah, because she no, was I think the story was that her friend, some friend of hers, drove by. We would play on these tennis courts over um, off Elmington, Elm, Elm, yep. Elmington, yeah, and that's where I lived. And I think a friend of hers drove by after you guys started dating and was like, I saw Dwyer playing tennis with some blonde. And so she didn't know it was me. And she's like, who are you playing tennis with? Yeah, yeah, you were. It was just like my coworker. And you should have been like, Lindley, don't worry about it. She's too busy getting uh, being asked to be sent out to cover Vanderbilt baseball for some odd reason. Like, don't worry about me. Picking up a camera. Yeah. Yeah, certainly not. That's good. Sarah, uh, you've hit on a couple of them, maybe. Who would name three uh, people, three influential people uh, from – your college days to where you sit now that, that really had an impact on you in, in your personal life or professionally? Um, well, Dwyer would certainly be one and um, who really, in, in all seriousness, taught me a lot, um, a lot of Dwyerisms, a lot of um, the one thing I would say that uh, I've taken with me anywhere else from Dwyer is, you know, there was sort of this work hard, play hard mentality in Nashville where, yeah, if we were in the middle of a tennis match, like we didn't need to be, there wasn't a hard in at work. Like if we needed to be somewhere, we had to be at a practice that started, we would be there. But if there's nothing going on, like we didn't have a hard in time at work. It was very loosely based. But at the same time, um, he also had this very much like don't complain. And I, one of Dwyer's favorite sayings, I don't know if you know this one, Joe, if, if, you still, if this is still in the repertoire, was um, every day you're violated. Like, basically, is that still in rotation? Yeah, no, I use do we that. Do that when yeah, I'm... I do that. I tell like, our kiddos of our nonprofit, and then how you, how, what, what's, the, what's, the, what's the follow-up to that? It's how you uh, handle that defines your yeah. character. Is that a fill in the blank? Yeah, yeah, every day you're violated. Like, so basically, Long like, day. don't complain. Um, and, you know, like, how are you going to handle, like, bad things happening to you and all those things. Like, I mean, that stuff, like, really really stuck with me. I think that, um, you know, that Mike Hill, con it was like that one conversation that I just, I don't know why it's not like I thought I was out there doing brain surgery, but I'm like, he's right. Like, I mean, honestly, like you don't want to get anything wrong. Like, let me just say that you don't want to ever get anything wrong, but like me getting like a score wrong is not, is not, it's not changing the course of someone's life as in like I'm a heart surgeon. Like it's just like having perspective. Um, I'm trying to think like, um, I don't know. Like, who else would be a great one? Um, oh, I'll give you one that, like, really perspective on life kind of thing. Um, and not necessarily in a mentor way, but um, Eric Legrand, and I don't know if you guys know this name. He's a football player at Rutgers. Um, he's nationally known. He was paralyzed in a football game um, making a tackle. Um, and his story became really well known. He came up to Sports Center and has been on 
a, a lot of our shows and I got to be friends with him and, you know, like really understand his situation and the perspective that he has on life. I mean, he's just, he's just a kid playing in a college football game and is paralyzed and is, and is fighting, will fight for the rest of his life until he can take a step again. And, um, is and that the kid from records? And outlook. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. You know, you know his story. If you, yeah. If you saw him. Um, and so, and I just remember like when he came on, it was just one of these days at the office and he's in there and you're like, this guy's got the best outlook in life. And he's been dealt like a, just a, an incredibly like ridiculously like hard hand that he didn't deserve. And like reading his book, just things like that. There's just been stories along the way of people you get to meet and you get to meet a lot of people in this field, obviously. And, um, and I just feel like it's stuff like that's always just kind of giving me good perspective because I think it's easy to really lose it in the field that I'm in and the people that you're around and the like all of that stuff. So um, those are just like a couple of the examples in terms of things that have sort of like stuck with me throughout the years. What's in your CD player right now or on there your iPod? No what, CD player. What you, <laughs> what, come on, big, come on. <laughs> what, 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 do you, what do you listen to now? I, I, I know your taste of music is pretty Ecliptic, if that's pretty uh, good. Yeah, I, um, yeah, I listen to a country, which you know, and nobody in my sports office when I got to Nashville, I was like the lone person in there that listened to country music, and nobody wanted anything to do with country music but me. She had and a so cutout like, oh, of a uh, life size poster of, of Keith Urban, right? I wasn't did, that everybody had to put like sports stuff up, and you had Keith Urban behind you? Yeah, can I tell the Keith Urban life size story that you got in trouble for? Yeah. So um, I had a huge crush on Keith Urban. He, this is before he exploded. So his record that made him explode just had barely come out. Somebody had taken me to like a little show of his at the Ryman. And, and you know, like he had the hair, he had the jeans, and he can play the guitar like nobody else. So I'm like, I'm in love with him. And no one's heard of Keith Urban. So I'm like, this is like my Nashville dream. Like, this is, this is I'm going to marry Keith Urban. Like, he's this little, you know, like little known singer that nobody has heard of. And he's going to, he's going to want to be with me. So anyway, um, then his album explodes. He turns into a celebrity, not even to the extent that he is now. Like this is still like just country Keith Urban. And so somebody put, I don't even know if I put it up. Somebody put up a Keith Urban picture. Whatever. It was, but it was like a full body picture of him. And then Dwyer and these guys would make fun of me and say it's life size because you know, Keith is not very, he's just not very tall. Sure. And, um, and so they would always say life size. And so John out on the news desk one night is like, Oh, well, she's got a life size poster of Keith Urban back in the room and like made a comment about how short it was. And then Keith, like manager or somebody called and yelled at you, didn't they? Yeah. They called like, and said that, was, yeah, that, that was not a very cool comment. He was a little sensitive or, or his handlers or personnel people. Were yeah. Not, yeah. So, so Dwyer's on the news desk, which by the way, what watching, does any right? of this have to do with? Yeah. Well, that was what was cool about Nashville. I'm like, so clearly I'm like, he's going to see me and be like, God, there's something about this Chung Tzu sports girl. I'd really like to ask her out. And then Dwyer is, because at any point, like somebody in Nashville can be watching you. And then Dwyer gets a call and all he was doing is making fun of me really and outing me. And then I was livid because I'm like, you just ruined it for me. Now it's never going to happen. Um, and then he married Nicole Kidman. So what are you going to do? Uh, Joe and John have come to the fork in the road. <laughs> I guess he had enough of that story, Sarah. <laughs> yeah. Can you tell I'm running the board? <laughs> <laughs> just pushing buttons. And- just yeah, what is this? You just like have little buttons you can push. So if you don't like something I say, you can just like put up some sound effects here. That's just what happened. That's exactly what just happened right there. I guess that's uh, a little awkward. He was, oh, I, I love that story, though. But Sarah, you would tower over Keith Urban. You'd have to wear flats. your flats all the time. He's a little tiny man. I, we, you guys stop because like, if something doesn't work out with Nicole now you're ruining it for me again oh, you know what I mean I did go to a, so you're saying there's I, a, uh, a chance <laughs> <laughs> no I actually took my son um, to his very first concert and life will be I went to a Keith Urban concert in Toronto last year because Toronto in the summer has this outdoor amphitheater and their weather in the summer is I mean it's the greatest weather you've ever felt which is I mean it's terrible there right now but in June and July so I would, I would go to any time there was an act that was played at this amphitheater by us in Toronto when my husband was coaching for the Blue Jays. So Keith Urban was there last year, and I had nobody to go with. And so I took my son, and he was five years old at the time, but my son loves guitar. And I'm like, this guy is one of the greatest guitar players you'll ever see. And so that will always be – and we were, like, right up by the stage. It's, like, so much easier to get tickets up there. And so um, to bring it back around, full circle, uh, it's like my little son and Keith Urban standing right there. And, um, you know, I could have had backstage passes had John played that right, but he didn't, you know? 
that is a great that's a great story and you'll still um you know there's still many more years to go and uh <laughs> he's 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 still around we have a keith urban yeah. sighting here in nashville more so of his wife yeah no they're there yeah i've seen her around too yeah. and she was like lovely and everything you think she is so like i'm i good for both of them it's awesome sarah do you have a uh fork in the road is kind of what we're talking about of um what what came around where uh maybe it was nashville to espn maybe it's now where you're going into your soccer um what what lies ahead of you was there a fork in the road kind of a sliding door moment where you said geez is this the right thing for me to do um yeah, I don't know. I think that there could have been a fork in the road. Um, I, I mean, I guess the easiest thing to say in that answer where I could have probably gone in one or two directions is um, I was on maternity leave when ESPN had a massive amount of layoffs. And uh, I was, I had just had twins, which like, if you've never had any kids, like one I've been told is a lot. And I had two and it was just a long road to like even get there. It was like a whole ordeal. And so I was literally off, off the radar on my maternity leave when I got laid off at ESPN. And um, I guess there is like the sentiment, like at that point I could have maybe not stayed in the business or like just gone down a different path. And, um, or been like, you know, bitter and angry about the way things sort of unfolded, um, because it wasn't something that was really on the radar at all. And I'm, and I'm just, you know, I just wanted to go back to the life that I had had and worked so hard for. And, um, and now was like in facing this completely different life with these kids I've never had before. And there's two of them at the same time. And so I guess like there could have been a fork in the road in that sense of, of just carving out a different path. And, and I definitely didn't know what that was going to look like. Um, and what I wanted to do. And I think that, um, and the advice that I give people all the time, because there's so many kids that, and you know, this why like, there's so many kids that want to be in this business, even the fact of like, how many tapes did you get sent to you when you hired me a million years ago? Now it seems like, and I think what really weeds people out is like, how bad do you really want to do it? And do you want to keep doing it? And you know, people, if you're lucky enough to even get your first job in the business, which is hard enough to get, um, it's hard to keep getting them. And I sort of felt like at this moment of like when I had gotten to sports center and even when I was on sports center, people would be like, well, now what do you want to do next? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't know how much better, like more stuff is out there that is up there for me to grab. And so um, I, I think it could have been like a real turning point. And I, and I didn't know like the exact path. And I started working at Fox and I started doing NFL games, like being on the game, you know, broadcast. And I started just doing a lot of different opportunities ended up happening for me that I didn't necessarily see. Um, I didn't see that as my path or I didn't, I don't know. I just didn't envision like how this was going to go down. And if somebody would have told me like, Hey, it can be the way it is now where I get to do NFL stuff. I get to fly to New York city and go live like the city life for a week and then fly back down and live on Clearwater beach and like the weather that I love the most and be by the beach and get to cover NFL teams and travel the country. And then you want to throw some soccer in on it. Like it's just like really, it's, it's shaken out in like a way that's sort of like a dream scenario for me. And so I think when you say like fork in the road, there's definitely a path where I could have given up and said, you know what, like good run. It's been a good run. I've done enough. Like I feel like there's nothing left for me to like go out and accomplish on this side of things anymore. And, um, and I chose to like keep working and keep finding opportunities and, keep doing things that um, at some times are challenging and like, maybe I didn't see me doing this, but like, let's give it a try. And I think I just had a totally different attitude of like, let's just try some different things and see what works and what you like doing and keep an open mind about stuff. And I never, I never really lost that. So I think like, that's what separates, I think a lot of people that stay in the business or, or that don't, and, and there's nothing wrong with either if you, if you don't want to do it anymore kind of thing. But I think I, I definitely had an opportunity to go one way or the other and the fact that I'm still doing what I'm doing, I think probably speaks to where my heart lies in, in doing that stuff. You gotta wear shades. So I guess the only thing we left off of that one is um, what's your future? What's, uh, is there another step for you? Uh, it seems like maybe it's the soccer thing. Um, what, what's what's maybe a goal that you haven't reached in broadcasting 
Yeah, I don't know. I do. I really don't have a good answer because I think there's something like for me, there's something about um, I'm just this will be the first season I go into football season kind of managing both um, the soccer gig with uh, Turner and TNT and um, and the NFL Network. And I just feel like I'm I finally gotten to a good spot with both. So I like I'd like to see how that plays out, like how challenging that is when I'm in the middle of both. Um, cause it's a little bit of the off season right now for the NFL, but, um, I don't know. I, I don't look that far ahead anymore. And I don't, um, I think it's like, I, I don't think that there's anything wrong with being content. It's kind of a nice place to be at. Like, I don't feel like I'm chasing something. I don't feel like I'm, Hey, I have to get this or I have to land that. And I, I know early on, like I always felt like you had to take all these meetings with everyone. And, and that's like half of this business, like taking all these meetings. And I just kind of feel like, content to the point where like I don't I don't feel like I have to do that like I'm in a really good spot I have two gigs like I really really like and I get to live like more importantly like I get to live the life and the lifestyle like I want to live and uh and I'm happy with it so I'm not really looking forward like the only uh shades I'm wearing right now are down at the beach and considering I'm looking at snow out my window in New York City like I have no problem with that that's perfect Hey, Sarah, we've taken up almost an hour of your time. We appreciate it. You know how much uh, uh, you have meant to me and and what I think of you. What do I say to you whenever we sign off? Proud of text? you. Proud of you. Proud, Proud of you. you. Well, well, we are. And, and uh, I know Nashville, uh, like anything, you become attached. You have a home here. Uh, my goodness, your your daughter's name Hutton because of the Hutton Hotel where uh, the first yeah. date was. It, to be clear, at the restaurant, right? right? Professional. Yeah. <laughs> Professional. Yep. I had to clear that. I had to clear that up uh, to somebody else. And I'm like, it wasn't like a hotel room. Like, I'm a much classier person than that. But we did meet at the hotel bar at the Hutton Hotel. Professionals. That's good. Well, hey, yeah. uh, uh, we'll be we'll be in touch. Keep up the great work. Uh, this is not NFL Network. This is uh, this is NFL Network's uh, Sarah Walsh, and uh, also on Fox Sports. <laughs> so uh, next time I'll do a little show prep. You know, you know, I was not known for the show prep. Although you were driving to Neyland covering the Vols, and you would not look at uh, the, the the media guide. You'd be reading what People Magazine and stuff. It's a, it's a long ride over there. It's not a quick trip. You know what I mean? You got to bring reading material. What are you talking about? You're like, Sarah, I hear you just read people magazines the whole way over there. And I'm like, of course I do. What do you mean? Like, uh, yeah, I do. I wasn't reading Bald Weekly. I'll figure it out when I get over to the stadium. <laughs> All right. Hey, thanks for being on the second cup of Joe. And John. See you guys. See ya. It's the second cup of Joe and John as their guests expound on any and all topics within the realm of decency. Want to be a sponsor? Let a TV and radio guy help build your business. Email the show, John at gmail.com. Now, hold on tight and grab another second cup of Joe and John. <laughs>